Friends, on the uh, day that you were baptized into the name of the triune God, in the very moment that the gospel of Jesus Christ came breaking into your heart and life, you were enlisted into God's army. And we can't see them, but imagine that all of us here right now are adorned with spiritual fatigues. Every day now in our walk with Jesus is a call to active duty. We are called to be on guard, not just for ourselves, but also for one another and the family of God, because we are against an enemy who is sizable, who is powerful, who is determined, and he is ever active. In fact, a couple of the verses that are going to lead us into our talk today from James are he talks to us about this spiritual warfare that we are in as God's family. He talks about going up against an unholy trinity, uh, what is earthly, what is unspiritual, what is demonic. And then in chapter 4, he even says to each one of us, resist the attacks of the devil. And so... In this spiritual warfare, James sets this up for the last two verses in his gospel epistle. And just look at these verses again today. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings him back, let him know that he who turns back a sinner from the wandering of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. I love how James doesn't close his letter like many of the other letters in the Bible. There's no really sweet blessing or benediction at the end. There's no greeting and farewell to certain saints in the family of God. But in James' fashion... This book in the New Testament that has more imperatives, more commands per word than any other book in the New Testament, he closes with a call of duty. He gives us a charge. If anyone among you wanders from the truth, go get them. Our United States military, I read that our airmen have a creed that says, I will never leave an airman behind. I read that our soldier's creed states, I will never leave a fallen comrade. No soldier left behind. The same principle holds true here for the family of God. Let's look at this word a little closer to wander. If anyone among you wanders... The Greek word there is planao. It means to wander, to err, to go astray. His half-brother Jesus uses this in Matthew 18 of the shepherd who has a hundred sheep in the fold and one of them goes and wanders off, goes astray. Jesus uses the same word later in Matthew 24. And Jesus says, in the last days, many false prophets will appear and lead many astray. Same word, or to wander. And we know that this wandering that's going to happen even in the church has a very serious ringleader. The Apostle John says in Revelation 12 that the leader is the serpent of old 
Satan, the devil, who is leading the whole world astray. If anyone among you wanders from the truth, notice he says, if any among you. He's talking to the church, not to outsiders here. This is to the family of God. And notice, if any among you, he's saying that this danger to wander off away from Jesus Christ and the sin and temptation and non-truth, this danger is in every single one of us. Just because we've been baptized and maybe in worship here for decades doesn't mean that we are at any less threat than anyone else to wander. In fact, look at the sins already that James has addressed and called us to or, or called us to turn from, to be aware of in our midst. In his lessons, he's already talked to us about having untamed tongues that spew poison in the lives of others. He's talked to us about having a lazy, inactive faith, a faith that might identify with us as Christians, but maybe that's as far as our identifying with Jesus goes. He's warned us about having a worldliness or being wrapped up in riches, He's warned us about having selfish ambition or a bunch of bitter jealousy among ourselves in the church. And notice those other three words. If anyone among you wanders from the truth. Meaning there is one moral, universal, objective truth in this world, and that is the word of God. But the word of God leads to abundant life and eternal blessing. But if we have the truth, it means in this world there is also ample falsehood and lies and a path that leads to eternal destruction and ruin. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth whether it's inadvertently or intentionally, what's our call here as the family of God? Go get him. No soldier, no Christian left behind. There's no room in the church, therefore, for little Bo Peep theology. Many of you might recall the nursery rhyme, little Bo Peep, has lost her sheep and can't tell where to find them, leave them alone, and they'll come home, bringing their tail behind them. What happens if you leave sheep alone on their own? Do they on their own automatically come home? No. They're lunch. And so, no, no, no. If there is a brother or sister in Christ who is on a wrong and ruinous path, we don't just sit idly by. We don't have the belief that we'll leave them alone and they'll come back home. No, we go get them. Beware of this attitude today of just moral and spiritual indifference. This 
culture that says, well, I'm okay and you're okay. And neither of us are going to point out if we see each other doing any wrong. I want you to imagine with me that you take your car, your precious wheels, in for an oil change and 40-point inspection. After a while, the mechanic comes back to you and says, it looks good. Everything is all set. And on the way home from the mechanic, your brakes fail and you almost die. So eventually you make it back to the mechanic and say, hey, you know, you didn't tell me I was one four-way stop from the grave. Mechanic says, well, I didn't want to hurt your feelings. I didn't want you to be ashamed or down because of what condition it was really in. And then you shake the person, (laughs) and you're like, I don't come to you to feel good. I come to you for the honest truth. Or imagine you go see the physician for your annual checkup. And the doctor comes back and says, you look great. You might even be only a half step from Tokyo. And then later that day, you have a heart attack and find out you were one Krispy Kreme from the cemetery. And you go back to the doctor and you're like, hey, why didn't you tell me? Doctor says, well, I didn't want to offend you. I didn't want you to feel bad about yourself, so I thought I would just let that information go. You see, when it is something vital, like the safety of an automobile, our earthly health, or our eternity, we don't want flattery. We don't want some illusionary comfort or even avoidance. We want to know the truth. How much more in the family of God? Jesus is calling his church, every one of us, to an internal responsibility and accountability in our walk with the Lord. And if one of us, any one of us, is wandering away from Jesus, again, intentionally and inadvertently, what's the most loving thing for us to do? Is it to just look the other way? Or watch in disappointment? Or even just avoid altogether? What's at stake in this spiritual war? Look at the rest of verse 20. Let him, the Christian, know that he who turns back a sinner from the wandering of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. James here isn't saying physical death. He's saying you will save a sinner, a Christian, from eternal death from an eternal separation, not just from all of us, but an eternal separation from God himself. That's what's at stake. 
And I know, and as I have it too, I know that in all of us, there is a real inner fear sometimes that if I go and approach this person, this Christian who doesn't seem to be with Jesus now, especially if it's a son or a daughter, if it's a grandchild, if it's a spouse, if it's a family friend or neighbor, there is a real fear. What if they reject me or I lose them? And that's a real fear. But remember, we always have to keep an eternal perspective. What's the greater risk? What's the greater loss? To risk losing this person, a relationship with them here? Or to risk losing this person for eternity? What's the greater risk? What's the greater loss? when we think about the Christians, even ones we know who are all appearances or we know are just not with Jesus right now, does your stomach ever just hurt? Means your gut just ache? Does your mind sometimes even want to swear? When we think of the dog tags that Satan has on display in the gates of hell. Acts even names some of the dog tags for us. Judas, who was one of the twelve. Ananias and Sapphira, they were husband and wife. Paul, in his letters to Timothy, names six different believers who fell. Hymenaeus, Alexander, Figulus, Hermonagine. Again, he mentions Hymenaeus. Philetus, and he tells us about Demas, that he turns away from Paul because he is in love with the present world. Does your heart think of the dog tags in hell and just break? It's like James is even speaking about his first century church. And because of all the attack and the trials that they were going through, his people, this bishop of Jerusalem, they were tempted to walk away from Jesus and choose the wider, easier path of this world. And so the call, no, go get them. Don't leave them fallen and behind. And even today, Paul says in 1 Timothy 4.1, the Holy Spirit says, so this is from God himself, the Holy Spirit says that in the latter days, many Christians will fall away from Jesus. And so these words from James are just as urgent for all of us today. My brothers, if anyone among you wanders from the truth and someone brings that person back, let him know that he who turns back a sinner from the wandering of his way will save his soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. The family of God is about redemption and restoration. It's about going to a brother or sister who has stumbled and fallen and calling them back to God. 
reclaiming their baptismal promises in the Lord Jesus Christ, calling them to repentance and faith, knowing that we have the gospel promises, the assurances that whoever brings them back will save their soul from an eternity away from God and us. And whatever sins, however many sins they have committed in their season of wandering, will what? They'll be completely covered in the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed on Calvary. Those are two very powerful gospel assurances. No matter how long the person has been there, how much they have done, or how long they have been there, they will be saved. And whatever sins, they will be covered. It's a lot in just a couple verses at the end, isn't there? And I know, again, this can sit very heavy with us. I know that it can be very personal. It can be very scary to think about. But before we get to our final hearing practice questions, I just want to give you seven real helps from the Bible, seven restorative helps when we go and get our brother and sister in the Lord who might have fallen. Let's just take a brief look. Again, whoever, wherever, however long they've been there, continue to love the person, not just in word, but also in action. Don't stop praying for you and for them. Pray for them to come back to the Lord. Pray for you, for wisdom on how to approach, for an opportunity to go get them and put your arm around them and pick them up and walk them back across the line. Pray for wisdom and courage. Three, humbly remove the log from your own eye. Tend to our sin and need for Jesus first before we go and remove the speck from theirs. And we do this in a demeanor, the Bible says, of gentleness and respect. God's word is not a two-by-four that we beat people with. How many sheep that have wandered from the truth, how many sheep are brought back into the fold by beating them? Go with a spirit of gentleness and respect. And as James has told us earlier, be quick to listen to that person and listen much Find out, if we can, the why. Because maybe in truly understanding their why, we can help reconcile them and walk them back. But the Bible warns us, as we do, be very careful for yourself. In fact, it says, be careful when you who are spiritual go to restore a fallen brother or sister because you could be tempted to go down and join them too. You are going into an enemy stronghold, a stronghold of Satan. He's not going to want to relinquish that soldier. Be very careful for yourself. Always, always keep your eyes, my eyes, on General Jesus. And lastly, maybe it would be a good idea to take another Christian with you. Not to gang up on the person or any way and seem threatening, 
but just again to show the depth of love and concern for them, not just for the now, but especially for the eternal. As we go, and no Christian left behind, I have a couple questions to not just hear God's word, but to do what it says. But let's think about this as we close our time together in the word this morning. One, when have you come close to wandering from the faith? And who or what did God use to bring you back? And then knowing what's at stake, as well as the gospel assurances that it will save them and cover the sins, who has God put on your heart to go and get now? Take a couple minutes and talk with one another, share with one another, those at home, maybe even just use this time in your heart to lift that person up in prayer and ask God, please help us get them back. When this time, uh, in a moment then, we'll continue with a song. Let's talk.